0: Wonderful. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Um, thanks for joining again. Really appreciate it. Um, hope you enjoyed our first session on Monday uh, talking about esports. I personally found it very interesting, and it was great. Um, so yeah, for those who are joining for the first time and they don't know me, um, as you can see, my name is here. But um, I'm Gabriel Jala. Um, I am the founder of Africa Sports Unified. Um, And just to give you a bit of a nutshell about what we do, um, we are a strategic consulting, events organizer, and insight or content hub for the Pan-African sports space. Um, And our whole aim is to help develop a sustainable Pan-African sports ecosystem. And so through our consulting, the events that we hold, the insights that we produce, and then also some educational uh, programs that we run as well, um, that all fits under the umbrella of you know, developing a sustainable African sports ecosystem. And part of that as well is the series that we run. And so this series has focused on tech and sustainability um, with just how the world is going. Um, Cape Town are hosting a Formula E circuit for the first time. So we thought it would be fitting to focus on you know the impact of technology and what that is happening um, on the... Pan-African sports ecosystem. And I'm so glad that today we have the wonderful team of CC Sports Management, Ubura Africa. Um, but yeah, the focus of this uh, session is uh, Ubura Africa, uh, which is developed by CC Sports Management team. I'm sure they'll enlighten us about their story and journey in more detail. But essentially, um, Ubura Africa is a college recruitment tool developed by Sissu um, aimed at increasing players' accessibility to US college recruitment mm-hmm. stuff. And as I just found out before we went live, it's going really well. Um, and I can't wait for the team to share with you, you know, just what's going on. And yeah, I guess helping us to understand the importance and the value um, of what they're doing. And so with me today, as you can see already with the names, we have Lindy. Um, Co-founder of Bureau and CC Sports Management. Uh, we have Moses, who is the tech guru. And we also have Good Luck as well, who is based in the continent in Africa, um, in Nigeria. And so before I stop talking and hand over to the people of the knowledge, uh, just a few house rules um, and just letting on the format as well. So we will be taking questions throughout the panel session. So if you do have any questions and please feel free to just drop them in the comment section, Um, there is nothing as a silly question so just feel free to ask away. Um, So I'll do introductions I have done, each member of the Uber team, Uh, we'll answer a few questions and then we'll have a general discussion and of course then we'll take questions from the floor. So yeah, please don't be shy to ask any questions um, at all. Great. So I was going to say enough from me, but I'm obviously asking the questions, so you're still going to hear me, but I won't be talking as much. Um, but let's go first to Lindy. Lindy, a pleasure. How are you?
1: Very good, Gabriel. Nice to meet you again.
0: Yeah, nice to meet you again too. Um, really appreciate your time and just everything that you do in general, um, which has been great. So I guess my first question to you to start off with, um, so you've been a player agent and a scout for a long time. 10 years or so, give or take, right? Um, Managing athletes, both men and women across Europe and Africa. Um, So how has your experience led you to where you are today? Um, And I really want to hone in or point towards, you know, what you've done with CSU and maybe how that has allowed you to see the opportunity of Ubiru and what that can bring.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as you said, I've been in the, the football business, uh, for 10 years, I founded SISU Sports Management in 2013. And the mission of SISU has always been to provide a platform for, for underserved uh, markets, untapped talents in those particular markets. So a natural focus for us has been from the outset, has always been Africa, has been some of the smaller European leagues. And like you've mentioned already, you touched on, we, we do a lot of work in women's football and we've mm-hmm. always kind of, given almost like an equal footing to men mm-hmm. and women's well football. So over the years, obviously, you know, being in a talent management end of the business, you know, almost by by definition means that you're working with the top end. Um, you're working with players who you're looking at moving into professional and fully professional environments, or maybe sometimes semi-professional. Um, but what is clear to to me and obviously being clear to, to my colleagues working for a number of years um, in this market is, first of all, that, The opportunity set for talent, if you just focus on the professional aspect of the game, is is very, very narrow. And actually, there's a much wider opportunity set when you're looking at, you know, talented players um, who could potentially combine their sort of development with an educational pathway. So, you know, so the one thing is, or to put it in plain English, you know, for every player that we place into professional club, there's probably four or five players who actually would have got really good academics, um, actually decent footballers, and with a little bit more development, you know, there could have been something we could do with them. And I always found myself kind of having to pass up on that because, you know, we've got limited resources, you know, and we have to focus on, you know, where we focus on. So that was always like a little bit of a nagging thing is, you know, how can we address that bigger envelope of of talent that we're we're dealing with at the moment? And is there more of a tech-driven solution that we can do to, um, to solve that particular issue. Um, and then like the, the second thing really is that specifically when we go to Africa, you know, education is, is such a important and transformational um, thing. If we can get, you know, get Africans through not just obviously the primary and secondary education system, but the tertiary system mm-hmm. and really sort of set people up um, for, their, for life really. And, you know, sport plus education is actually a very natural bedfellows outside of football. You Mm -hmm. know, when you look at men's football, there's so much potential money in it. Very much football's gone down that route where, you know, players specialise and almost to the detriment of their education. Mm -hmm. But if you stick away football, most sports pretty much have a sport and education, um, you know, kind of synergy there. So we we really feel that, you know, for a lot of the talent, particularly that we work with um, across Africa, you know, that football plus education opportunity is something that we wanted to um, kind of find roots and opportunities uh, and, and tap into. And that was really the thinking, or well, the original thinking in the concept with sort of starting boo Africa. So, going from our sort of Sisu, if you imagine it, is our elite mm-hmm. kind of end of the game. And it, that's the pathway to professional football. But what we're trying to provide with the Abu Africa platform is that bigger, wider opportunity set for student athletes and really being able to grow that across the continent of Africa because we feel that it's such an impactful thing to have education.
0: Yeah, wonderfully said. Um, and this might sound like a basic question, right? So you're talking about your experience with Sisu and that opportunity. You mentioned Sisu is maybe the elite level and Iburu maybe caters to a wider market. Um, was it easy for you to um, come to the realization that tech will be the solution for Uburu, or how how did that play out? Also, would you experience um, or explore different areas and before you settled on that?
1: Yes, because it because of the scale of mm-hmm. the opportunity, and and once you start thinking about scale, then you have to you really have to think seriously about you know how you can use things like tech, which fundamentally you know. Can bring scale type problems and make them much more manageable and make them things that we can actually find solutions to because you know like i said you know we're as an agent working in the elite game you're scratching the surface of of things um but what we can do is with tech is bring more scale into it provide a platform and effectively the tech is like the facilitator Mm
2: -hmm. um you know
1: the talent is there the talent needs to be showcased the talent needs the connectivity into the wider kind of tertiary education system and the tech can be that facilitator and enable us to give that scale. Otherwise, you know, if we would do it the old fashioned way or, you know, sort of manually scouting players, it would be a very, very small set of players that mm-hmm. we'd then be able to feed into this opportunity. And that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to find a, you know, a, a solution at scale.
2: Yeah. And that
1: that's really why, you know, tech has to be the answer. And we we will talk obviously a little bit later about the challenges of working mm-hmm. in Africa with regards to the tech side. But you know, those, you well know the landscape, there's, Africa was actually a lot more evolved mm-hmm. tech-wise, and I think maybe than a lot of outsiders realize. Um, and I think we got to the point where we feel that we can launch a product like this, and sure, it's not going to have the functionality to start off with. Yeah. Um, but we'd all love all the bells and whistles, but we can certainly launch a product that's workable and achieves its objective.
0: Yeah, I love that, bro. Okay, we'll come back um, to you, Lindy. I want to move over to your colleague in Nigeria. To good luck, good luck. How are you doing? Oh, you still on mute? Hey, I'm doing well. Hey, good luck. How are you?
3: Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing too?
0: Great, I'm doing good. Thanks. Um, so I guess your, you know, your background is very interesting. You know, being a former player yourself. Um, okay. So I guess with your input and knowledge, not just to CSU but also to Buri as well, uh, can you share some maybe some insights from your um, experiences as a, as a player, um, and maybe give us some insight into the day to day. Um, other player and on, on the concern and how solutions such as Uberu is really um solving some issues there and providing to be useful.
3: Okay, uh, I would like to be more uh, specific here. Yeah. So uh, Go going to my background yeah going to my background as a person, I try to start a more, more like like student athletes all true all right from yeah. Keep the gun up to university level. Yeah, I've been mm-hmm. like playing football at school alongside. And this will actually inspire about the kind of family I came from and more like the culture I came from because I'm a Liberian as a person. And as you know, uh Liberia has a f- f- strong football culture. Yeah, looking at so far. And also they came from a home where I had the opportunity, my father also played football. Yeah. Yeah, to a, to a senior level so i will an education not just play football alone and leave medication aside so so these things are grow with me all the while yeah mm-hmm. i didn't really uh transition to the professional game to a larger extent but i actually play at top level university in Nigeria mm-hmm. yeah, in Nigeria and looking at the higher institution football league yeah also these are leagues i actually play right from my secondary school mm-hmm. and as a person i was also the opportunity to get the scholarship a United nations scholarship to school and also study sport and the University of the battle. So mm-hmm. along the line, I've been doing this. So looking at the life of a student athlete, these are things I really want to delve into because this is my unique experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. looking at it, we as and not naturally as a human being, we have about 24 hours in a day. Yeah. So as a student athlete, we have we dedicate more about let's say eight to ten hours for school work and some other things, maybe two or three to rex and also get back on the pitch. So these are things that have been, my journey has been so far looking at from secondary school all the way to university. So basically these are the info about me.
0: Now that sounds great. Um, And to be honest with you, it makes a lot of sense, especially from what Lindy said in terms of that education and sports and education being a huge, you know, tool and a strong partnership. Um, So I guess from your knowledge, um, it makes sense. So in terms of your, yeah. I guess, your day-to-day now with uh, Ubu, correct me if I'm wrong, is your yeah. focus more on the talent identification or do you want to elaborate on that?
3: Yeah, so basically, uh, looking at Ubu as a product, yeah, We the our idea was, I have a unique idea of, of how the student actually is, or how it's, the student athlete is expected to, to behave or carry out himself. Yeah, and yeah. looking at the product we have developed so far, I'm look, I look at myself, I put myself in the student attitude issue because I have unique experience as mm. a person and the kind of product we are doing here, basically I'm a person, I actually work work in all operations so far. Yeah, not just looking at, because this is the product is the solution we intend to bring to the African market. So now I would like to say, it's not something I would say is specific, yeah, because we are trying to solve each pro- the problem from a unique point, and basically we work as a team so far.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, in terms of, I guess maybe not growing the platform per se, but maybe finding some talent to be okay. Hey, here is the platform to join. Uh, do you have any specific methods or techniques? Are you attending tournaments, etc.? So, how is that your role from being actually on ground?
3: Okay, so we have more like an onboarding process, yeah. Okay, where we tend to yeah, where we tend to bring up partners on the platform because we don't work with athletes. Okay, individually we work with the system the athlete is coming from. Yeah, more like a partner club. I would we tag them flagship academies. Yeah, flagship academy in the sense that those have the kind of structure, looking at the education part of it. And also the spot, yeah academy that have a long running structure let's say prior to like 10 years back or six years back yeah and when we get to discuss with them we also get to do our own due diligence to understand the kind of structure they are running as as, as partners and also get to see some of the things that they have done so far in terms of their success story yeah so i would talk that more like the onboarding process where we get to initiate them by bringing them on the platform showing how the platform is on how we get to pass players through the clearinghouse house, and also they get to come on the front end of our platform. So basically, these are things I will work at. That's
0: interesting, and I like that. You know, that's not just for me too. That you're not just specifically targeted athletes, but you target where they come from, which is very smart. Um, okay, we'll come back to you as well. Um, good luck. Um, I want to ask the, the tech guru here moses thank you the ever uh, relaxed and easygoing moses um thanks for joining again moses hope you're well yeah Um, yeah so i guess from a technical perspective um with the platform how i mean yeah just talk us through the steps in terms of how you managed to build um the platform and also the day-to-day management
2: of it too. All right. So the first thing is um, understanding the need of season, the goals that we what we tend to achieve. So we have the we have the US college US coaches on one side, and the partners on African side. So what we want the product we want to make is that common ground where the the coaches. You know, they onboard their players then the, the coaches in the u.s have they can they can have access to those players so one thing I, in, in creating this kind of products you want the users to be comfortable and you want them, you want everything to be smooth and you want the coaches to be, you want you want them to have that uh, that feeling that they can get everything they have is you know credible so, so the first thing is understanding what you want to achieve and converting it to you know my own language, tech the tech language, so that's just basically it. So, uh, so achieve that. Well, there there are a series of uh, meetings where they had to explain all those things. So I have to grasp what we're trying to achieve, then turn it to reality. Your mood.
0: Apologies. Thank you. Um, with the platform, is it? Uh, app-based and web-based as well?
2: Uh, the, uh, the platform is web-based.
0: Web, okay, fantastic. Um, so in terms of the... make Making sure that basically it's you know fit for purpose and the changes that need to be made to make sure the website is running smoothly. Um, you've spoken about how you got to this stage in terms of, you know, you built it and you've changed the language into your tech language. Now, in terms of the day-to-day running and management of that, in terms of the technicalities, is it still, is it easier than the onboarding process or how is it now?
2: Yeah, it's the, we're already running good and well. But, you know, it's a green platform. So as time goes on, more players get onboarded, more coaches sign up. So we have goals for the week. We have goals for the month. We have goals, you know, for the year. So as those goals come, um, there is the need for the tech. There is the need for the tech to also grow along with it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we want to reach out to more people. We want to send more notifications. We want users to get more notifications. But sometimes we want the notifications to be customized. For instance, if a player gets recruited. They want all the coaches to know all the Af- all the coaches on the African side. To know, yeah, this a, play- a player has been recruited in the United States to study and play football. So that kind of that's, so there's a need to put that in. So there are many many updates every week, every every month. So that's what my those things come to my day to day to to achieve those goals.
0: Well said, and I'm not sure. Oh, before I continue as well. Um, for those who have joined, welcome. Um, if you do have any questions, please feel free to uh, drop them in the chat section. And we'll um, ask the panel. Um, so for those who haven't seen the website, it's actually very good. i have been on it. It's clean. Um, it's functional. It has a good, you know, it lets you know the reasons, the purpose, etc. So hats off. Um, but also, I guess, getting to the team, but maybe to Moses as well, in terms of a uh, um, the tech background, this is maybe something that you might not have done, um, but in terms of the overall feel and maybe the experience um, of the website for uh, new users or potential customers, how important is that to make sure that the, the user experience is fit for purpose?
2: Yeah. It's it's very important that users are comfortable with using the website. Uh, one thing is speed. It has to be fast enough. For instance, the process of uploading a play arm you know, shouldn't take more than two minutes for a player, provided you have all the details ready, shouldn't take more than two minutes. So, you know, from the, the there's there's been a great there's been great improvements from the initial stage to the stage we are right now. So there's been a lot of a lot of improvement on the speed. You know so the, so we want to ensure that users are comfortable so we have to work on the speed so you don't you know we have like 10 players want to add in a short time We want to do that quickly or not so we don't want them to be stressed on the platform so that's all that is all things to achieve to make life easier for you know the scouts and everybody so one thing is the speed and we'll work on that another thing is also security you know for a platform like this you know we have users from all all parts of the world actually mm-hmm. So you want to we want the security to be to the topmost uh, standard. Uh, so I also, we are also able to achieve that. So those things are on, on motion. Nice, well said.
0: Um, so a general question now, um, we know we've understood the foundation, the basis of it. And, you know, in sports in today's day and age, regardless of what level you're at, elite level, regardless, right? Uh, data and analytics is crucial in play acquisition uh, the development of players um, sports science departments etc etc <clears throat> and so a, a question that i will pose is in the understanding of the importance of you know data and analytics in play acquisition um, how much did was that in your train of thought in the development um, of the app? Um, I I'll go I go to Lindy, especially with your experience being being a scout and agent, right?
1: Yeah, thanks, Gabriel. I think it's it's a really you know key question. I mean, data and analytics is is really what's driving a lot of the the recruitment processes around modern football, right? However, Africa as a continent has been very much you know behind the curve in that aspect, and you know it's even from when I started ten years ago, you know it's always been the same. you know there's not a lot of data, we haven't got a lot of stats, we haven't got this, we haven't got the footage, et cetera. And another thing that really kind of pushed us towards getting this platform up is you know eight years, nine years down the road, we are getting the same you know kind of words we haven't got the data, we haven't got the stats. So having seen obviously being based here in, in the UK specifically and working obviously around Europe as well as in Africa, really, you know, we understand the importance of, of the data and the analytics and how that drives so much of the recruitment process and how the, you know, if Africa continues as a general continent to, to not kind of, you know, tap into that and, and start to get up to speed on that, we're gonna find it increasingly difficult, I think, to kind of get involved in the recruitment process. So that would be players moving, whether it to be to Europe, whether it be players moving into the, the college system. So one of the things that we want to do with the platform as well, and we're doing with the platform by having this platform, which is, you know, an emphasis on the, you know, creating the the data and creating the, the footage is to also demonstrate and be a bit of a leader with regards to kind of showing the example that this is what needs to be done in order to be able to properly showcase the talents that are you know, around the continent. And it isn't really, it's not viable anymore with the, the advent of cheaper technology, for instance, for production and stuff like that, to constantly still be using the same, um, I would call them excuses, that we can't get the data, we can't get the footage. So there are other platforms um, that are sort of cropping up around the, around the continent, I you know, I will I will name check a couple because I think it, it's important that we become aware of these platforms and everyone kind of works towards bringing Africa out of, so to speak, the darkness on the data side mm-hmm. and developing the, the, the database. You know, so you've got like DigiScout who they're a Ghana based platform and they've got thousands of profiles from a lot of West African players. And that's, you know, that's a database you can see some of the work that I think it's called, is it the Eastern African eye
2: in
1: in East African side of of life, they're creating a database. And I think it's the same point of view is that, you know, we need to actually now bring kind of modern data and analytics into, you know, the sort of normalized African um, kind of continent sort of way of life when it comes to football. Um, I, I think like, you know, it's the thing. It comes down to the main thing, right? The, the first thing, obviously, before you can collect the data, you need the match footage, right? You need yep. the actual, the game stuff. So, in the past, the challenge was always around the cost of, for instance, getting a camera operator to to film matches, being able to do that consistently. But you know, that first order collection, that you know, the match footage. Is much easier. You've got products on the market now where you can effectively, you know, film match footage without an operator. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, I'm not giving free advertising. People, you know, we use Pixelot. Uh, it is an AI camera, and that's what is part of the, you know, the video capture that we use in order to then be able to pull the data for the players onto the platform. There's obviously VO as well out there, which a lot of clubs use. And you know, that's one solution. Um, but you know, you can still go down to the the camera and the camera operator there's a lot of cheap camera solutions out there so my my sense is that a lot of the reason now that we we don't have the footage is a certain amount of resistance to change right because the barriers in terms of the cost of it of the production have gone down so much mm-hmm. so it's more like resistance to change and I'll, let me give you an analogy of that the amount of times i have for instance you know a, a club or an academy organising a scouting tournament, and they'll say to me, "Look, we'll buy you air ticket. We'll buy you, you know, we'll pay for your accommodation. We'll host you in whatever country, um, but you need to come and, you know, pick some players and help to move them into, you know, into Europe or wherever." And I'm like, you know, I tot up the cost of that. that that's probably costing them probably three, 000, four thousand dollars, right, mm. to do all that for me, when they could potentially get an AI camera and film all of their footage be able to provide logins to you know relevant scouts and agents like myself for all of their footage not just for one particular tournament throughout the year for half half of that so the question i ask is why are you willing to spend so much money on on this you know oldish model rather than kind of kind of looking at the the way that technology is now can empower you to actually create all of that footage and the subsequent data that will enable you to place your players. So I've come to the conclusion that a lot of it is just resistance to change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and What we're trying to do, you know, again, it's a fairly long, long kind of form answer. But, you know, platforms like ours, what we're trying to do is basically demonstrate that the power of being able to harness the benefits of technology to create the data and the content to help to find opportunities for the
0: talent. I think that's wonderfully said. Um, And I can definitely agree with the sentiment um, in terms of maybe just them not knowing the options that are out there, you know, and keeping up to date um, with things. So I think it's very important what you're doing, not just from, like I say, BTC, but from an athlete perspective, but even just a business in general. Um, It's quite Eye opening as well um, and much more efficient, which is great. Um, You mentioned um, what questions should I go with? You mentioned quite a few that that, I latched on. Okay, okay, sticking on the data point, right? You said you have a few um, tools that you use in order to capture the data. And I guess from and good luck, I'll come to you shortly just to understand more about the, the partners and the college side of things. But once that data is inputted, how difficult or how easy is that process of not just capturing the data, but it also being conceptualized so that the end user can actually make those decisions. Okay, like, okay, player A seems better than player B, etc. I'll go back to you, Lindy. <laughs>
1: Back to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Good Luck's probably the the best person to go into a little bit more detail in terms of capturing the data. Mm-hmm. The, we do two methods. There's there's effectively the like an aggregation type method. So, like Good Luck mentioned, we have our African partners are essentially clubs, academies with good structures um, where we can we we feel that you know they're they're putting on, they're doing the right things by the players, they're developing good players as well as that, they're providing some sort of educational foundation. So those partner um, partners, they are basically able to upload their players onto the platform.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it's like a checklist, essentially, of what they need, but the video footage is is a non-negotiable. Obviously, the the, the information with regards to stats, profile information you'd normally have in a, in a football CV, that is up to them to upload to the platform. That goes into the back end. And then with our kind of expertise around the sports management and talent management side, we then do the evaluation and yeah. decide which of those players will actually go onto the platform, which ones are the right level, the right sort of quality uh, and suitable. Um, and then we do our own um, effectively kind of scouting an idea of talent. And that's mm-hmm. really good luck sort of on the ground is, is being very, very active of setting up kind of mini tournaments where we use our own camera um, you know, equipment to film the matches, any players that get picked out, we can then obviously suck all that information about the players, collect the data, the information on the players and yeah. put them onto the platform. And yeah. as the platform grows, we're going to continue to do a combination of that. So we'll, as the partners grow on the platform, you know, they'll they'll do their own uploads, you know, so that's like the user-generated content effectively. Um, that we'll still always have surveillance on and do the quality checking at the end before we upload to the platform. And then there's our own database that we're effectively um, have and uploading the players and the talent that we, we ID in-house, so to speak, onto the platform.
0: Okay. And there's a great question that's coming from Paul, but I just want to quickly uh, go to good luck, just for you to elaborate on what Lindy has said in terms of... Um, you know, that player identification and conceptualizing uh, the data um, that eventually goes into the platform. So yeah, can you just further elaborate on, on what Lindy said in terms of how you are setting up these mini tournaments, et cetera, um, how is that received um, and processed from there?
3: So, oh, so basically the way we work, uh, we are designed more like a workflow, like I said, we work with, the flagship academies also organize mini tournaments with flagship clubs and top universities with good football culture. And basically, what we do initially, we get to reach out to these partners. So far, we get to reach out to them first of all. We get to also get them to understand what we tend to offer as a platform and also. When they get to see the ideology we tend to present the solution we tend to create we also get to have them to look at the platform as as, as has said now looking at some of the groundwork as Linda has said like I do basically I travel by basically yeah looking for the standards basically through some of our networks yeah and some of our partners that we have worked with that we have players on ground with so some of the mini tournaments I get to organize we Get to take the lectures there where we get to film, then take some of the players' details. We also get to allow the partners to understand that the platform is, is how they use our, our base platform. It's not where just we get to input data, they have to understand how they get to use It's more like a journey we don't want to take them to, and that's what we have been doing so far. But of recent, we also get to guide the partners in terms of uploading players on the platform because, as you know. The way africa is designed and compared to europe not everyone is technologically inclined so far so really get to guide them here yeah, on how they get to use this platform so basically these are some of the
0: groundwork we do amazing um let me ask a question from paul um i know paul's been traveling a lot so it's good that you're here um so paul says um how do you deal with broadcasting rights and agreements with federations for filming league games. Um, good luck. Do you want to um, take that? Come again, please. The question is: How do you? so Oh, okay. How do you deal with broadcasting rights and agree and agreements with federations for filming league games? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Goodness, or Linda, you want to jump on that?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. So, at the moment, the players that we have on the platform as Good luck, and ourselves have mentioned are from partner clubs and academies. So the footage is essentially the footage and the content that they have, and it's their footage and their content. Yeah. So to give an example, one of our main academies who've got a lot of players up there is Chosen Generation in Nigeria. They have their own YouTube channel. They have their own means of production with regards to filming the matches. And they therefore, you know, as signing up as a, a platform partner, Clearly, one of the things they've agreed to is being able for us to put their players and, you know, put their footage on the platform. Now, the discussions that we've been having with federations is about whether or not, because one of the areas that we want to do is we think there's a big opportunity set, particularly, I would say, female side, under 17, under 20 kind of age group players, national team players with education who, you know, the the US college option or the tertiary education plus football option, we think is a really great route for female players because the salaries in women's football are nowhere near enough to provide a player with a living for the rest of their life, right? So really a dual career option is what you should be looking at. And certainly up to tertiary, you know, players should be looking at that sort of option rather than, you know, trying to sign for a professional club at 18, 19, 20. You know, that's, that's really not going to, kind of move the, the you know move the dial so to speak in terms of um, federations with regards to being able to incorporate those sort of age group national team players onto the platform and those conversations are ongoing with regards to the rights aspect because like you've mentioned if it's a situation where the federation or whoever whether it's the media team or that part of the federation has the rights then it's very straightforward. Once we've got the you know the partnership agreement with the federation, then clearly we can put the content on the platform. But it's not totally straightforward for maybe some of the international tournaments there where the rights might be away from the federation themselves. Um, but that's an ongoing discussion. You know we've we you know we've reached out to a number of federations and also CAF is another organisation that I'm in discussions with because you know the rights issue is something that I think certainly at the national team level. Is something that can be a bit of an issue. But certainly, when you go down to the individual academies and the clubs and the ones that are producing the players to the national team, it's not really so much of an issue. It's just whether or not they buy in to this, you know, to the sort of modern concept of filming matches, therefore creating a data set and content.
0: Well said. <laughs> um, again, if you have any other more any more questions, please just drop them in the comment section, and we'll um, definitely ask them. And so now I want to touch on the both partner side, but also from partners and client side, right? Um, I think good luck touched on the onboarding process. Um, I know you briefly touched on it, but. Could you maybe just elaborate um, the onboarding process in a bit more detail for uh, your partners, and also on the um, on the college side?
3: You said on mute. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so basically, I would like to start. with how where we get to bring on. African partners on the platform. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah. So, like I said, we get to get them to understand the kind of solution we want to create. Yeah. Previewed on on the importance of education, why athletes need to have a dual career instead of focusing on football alone, looking at football as a sport. Yeah. So, let's look at the girl, for example, she has a shorter window in terms of playing opportunities. Such an Individual having a form of a kind of good education go a long way, and as we have been in the platform over time, and I get to as I get to work with some athletes, I get to see myself as an example. Yeah, I grew up playing football and also combining education, and in the long run, I've seen I've to discover some of the results and opportunities education has actually provide for me. Yeah, so when I get to also speak to these partners, I also get them to, to understand oh. These are the reasons why athletes need to have education while they play sport yeah because the game is a no guarantee yeah and it's a smaller percentage of athletes that eventually make it to poor so the so what's not uh, the deal the deal is basically every athlete should have education while they, they do sport yeah so now looking at how where we get to bring our partners after like briefing them on some of these things we get to show them the platform how the platform is 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 used and how they basically they should make use of this opportunity for the athlete and now it's more like a journey we have more like a checklist yeah where we get to give them in terms of feeling the player we look, more, look most usually like a con of sheet what we get to, they get to input some of the player details yeah and also for those who cannot input use or use the checklist basically they can go on the platform because the way the platform is designed it designed the way that you don't create stress for partners in terms of uploading players where we wish where you go on the platform you get to see where you get to sign them as a partner you get to sign up as a coach and also you get to sum up as an administrator yeah so when we these athletes we get them on the on the platform we also made black partners understand that oh this is more like a passageway you uploading the player is not like a guarantee such a player would be selected because the player had to be vet so far that in the sense that we get to understand the talent level of the player and place the player either more like a star player or a player on a certain level But mm-hmm. most player with national team experience is a player we rank has player that more like tag with the star on the platform so basically these are basically like the passage we will design in terms of bringing african partners on the platform
0: and- this might be one for Moses as well in terms of like a time frame is that onboarding process is it a week is it a matter of a day is it like a few hours for people to just if they want to jump on as a as a as a partner is it, is it that quick or how, how, what's the time frame?
2: Yeah, like every other modern platform it just takes you know as 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 uh, little as to meet yeah yeah onboarded. And uh, something I didn't mention, we, we have tried as much as possible to make it, you know, simplicity, to make it simple. So, so that you don't go on the platform and start looking for, oh, where's, how do I get to, where is this and where is that? So we have tried. Yeah. On signing up and logging in your first, you know, the first appearance, you can see everything you need. See, so the site itself is self-explanatory. So that's something we have worked um, to achieve, simplicity. So it doesn't take, it's, it's like opening, in fact, it's very simple. Less than two minutes.
0: No, it's good. Like I said, it, it's very clean, and you understand what it is from even just going onto the website. Um, okay, so we've covered the partner side. Now let's go to the other end um, of one of the um, benefactors of that. So the, the colleges, the colleges in the US. Is the onboarding process the same? Obviously, I could be wrong. I don't think you have anyone on ground in the US, right? Like you do on the continent. So how is that onboarding process? I'm not sure if good luck, good luck you imagine that, or is that Lindy that, that's managing that, but how is that onboarding process for the colleges? And also as well, how do you identify the right colleges that you'll want to um, partner with or be engaged with the, with the platform?
1: Yeah, Gabriel, thanks um, for the question. So in terms of the US side, we we have Adi um, Ikese, who is our Head of Marketing and Partnerships. I think she's listening in, but she's not on the call. But her yeah, focus, <laughs> yeah. her focus, and my focus is is very much that side.
0: Yeah,
1: The reason is because you know the jump from Europe or so I say London to the US is less of a jump from good luck per se in yeah. Nigeria trying to communicate that side. So whilst we're in the age, early stage of the platform, it's myself and Addy who are driving the um, the college acquisition side of things. Yeah. And that's really been driven by you know good old fashioned you know sort of marketing principles. You know we we had an awareness campaign uh, before the launch of the platform. I think you know Gabriel that I was at World Football Summit Africa yeah. uh, at the end of the year, um, produced a podcast and some other content to explain the platform both to an African audience but also just as importantly to a US audience and a lot of them obviously kind of consume um, the content from World Football Summit and. As well as that, then when we then launch the, the platform officially, we use a lot of digital marketing, obviously, to build awareness around the platform and then follow that up really, myself and Addie and some of the boots on the ground that we've got here in London with individual calls and really just trying to, you know, initially get the, the colleges to give the platform a trial. Um, what it looks like, the way it works at the moment for them in terms of signing up is that they can just sign up to the platform very similar process to the partners in the sense that, you know, it's like providing you, your email essentially, and you can register for the platform. That initial registration just gives you a kind of a limited access to the platform. So we've got about five, or six profiles that it gives them access to, enables them to get a feel for, you know, what the platform looks like, exactly what you said, Gabriel, the information, the ease of use of the platform. Then they can, um, you know, there's an option to subscribe. And we have a free two-week trial subscription period, which then they can, by going into the trial subscription, uh, they can get full access to the to the platform with regards to all the player profiles and the additional functionality that we have for the subscribers. Um, the the subscription period again and feeds into what Moses says about the trust and stuff. We haven't made that subscription requirement where you have to put your card details in initially. We we don't we don't want to kind of. Make anyone feel that, you know, if they forget to, you know, if they forget a few weeks down the road, that suddenly they're going to get pinged for a the charge. There is a subscription uh, on an ongoing basis to have the access to the platform. But initially for the charge subscription, like I said, it's just the email. They can get them access to all of the profiles. And we have additional functionality. And all of that is being built on at the moment. So giving an idea of some of the functionality they have, you know, if they look at the platform and there's maybe not quite the 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 profiles that they're looking for they can put in an order request so a specific request you know i.e i don't let's i want to center back 170 meters and height female etc ready to you know ready to join in fall 2023 or fall 2024 so they can put in bespoke orders um you know they can also look to kind of message you know individuals um you know, individual players that comes to us, and then we can go and find them the additional information they're looking for, whether it might be coach references, transcripts, etc. So we're building more and more functionality into the platform. But the idea is for the colleges is to like, like Moses said, we, we want to make the platform as clean as possible, as easy to follow as possible. We make the sign in as easy as possible. We give them the trial so they get this, they can have the sense of the platform um, and then once they see the value of the platform, then obviously the subscription side is, is, is the final step, so to speak on the journey. And, you know, just to give you a timeline, we launched the platform, like I said, officially we announced it at world football summit, Africa, we launched it right at the end of 2022. So we're really two months in and already we've had our first sort of full scholarship offer, um, to, you know, to an African player, a Tanzanian player, um, to, just for your information. So for us, that's obviously hugely um, positive. Um, You know, I think it validates what we're trying to do with the platform. And I think as well, it it will help to help drive, like I said, increasing kind of engagement with the platform because the platform is a facilitator. So it's as good as the coaches that we have on there, as well as the playing talent we have on there. So it's for everyone to kind of believe in and really kind of buy into what the platform is trying to do.
0: Congratulations, that's amazing. That is actually two months in and you've got the first scholarship offer. So my hat's off to all of you on part of the team, including yourself, Addy, who's just up there at the moment. Um, another question I want to ask, actually, in terms of um, the college side, are you seeing, like, maybe trends, maybe from the college side, maybe what terms of, like, um, players are looking for? and Maybe from your side as well, are you... It's still early doors, but are you noticing maybe a few similarities or trends in colleges that operate in you know, in a in, in a way that you know produces the best for players? If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I guess um the trends that you see in terms of the positional requirements are exactly the same as the ones you see in professional football. So strikers wingers, general attacking players, they, they, they've always seemed to be, you know, whatever class of football you go in, every team wants a striker. it. Um, other unicorns are the, the left-footed centre-backs, you know, everyone wants those left-footed centre-backs. So in a lot of the order requests that we've had, that's been a trend positionally. Now in terms of recruitment, basically the back end of the year, all the way up to kind of March-ish, tends to be Uh, quite a big recruitment window for college coaches. So there is quite a lot of activity right now as they're looking for the profiles. And like you said, that's why we're we're starting to get, you know, kind of offers and stuff going out to players. I would expect that they will be a little bit of a quieter period as we go into the middle of the year um, until you get to the next recruitment window, but we'll see how that goes. But the other thing though, is that a lot of colleges recruit a few years ahead. So there are some colleges, for instance, recruiting for fall 2024 already. So it's, I think there'll be little cycles in terms of activity, but there will still be generally speaking um, a decent level of activity. And Mm -hmm. those trends do tend to be those attacking positions, but a good player and certainly a player that stands out is in whatever position is still an attractive player um, to the sort of colleges on the platform. In terms of the particular colleges, we've certainly, if I'm being honest, we we've had much quicker traction with the NAIA colleges than the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of their recruitment criteria, some areas it makes the it makes it it's easier for them to to recruit some of the talent directly off the platform. With a lot of the NCAA programs, you know, you've got the, the SAT requirements, so that's the you know the exam effectively.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. English aspect, particularly if the players still in school, then you know, you've got you, you've got all of those pieces to put together. So the the engagement's still high from the NCAA, but in terms of being able to move quickly with regards to the recruitment and the you know the, the scholarship offers, it's definitely the NAIA um conference okay. colleges that have been sort of ahead of the curve.
0: Just conscious of time, I do have three more questions. One is from Moses and then I'll wrap up. Um Moses, uh Lindy mentioned about specific, you know, functionality or requests um that's all the partners may have um and so i just want to ask you in terms of i know these were the functionality was more like requests from partners but maybe not as of yet but in terms of maybe making tweaks maybe the uh, the platform or the website to maybe just make it a bit more fit for purpose depending on requests from clients or partners i guess from a tech perspective um how is, it, how is that process, and also how, how important is it in terms of that flexibility?
2: Uh, thank you very much. So, we build the platform in such a way that um, we are able to, it's scalable. So, as time goes on, it becomes more complex. So, we're able to integrate other functionalities as time goes on. The uh, specific request um, functionality is already in place where, when the, uh as Lindy mentioned, when the U.S. coaches get on platform and they don't seem to find, or they want a specific player, or they want to make an elaborate request, it's already in, in place, so you can just make that request and all the partners, um, they get it. So there are many things that uh, we're seeing in the nearest future. For instance, from a chat room or a chat forum where the coaches and the partners can interact. So stuff like that. Uh, we have those things in, in, in as long-term um, as long-term things to put in place.
0: Great, thanks for that.
2: Um, and maybe just to wrap
0: up as well. Okay, we'll ask two more questions. There's, I have so much in my head, but let me just stick with two. Um, it's been success, as you've already mentioned, which has been great. Um, but for you to get to where you are now. Um, We've maybe heard from Moz in terms of like, maybe the technical challenges there are, but just generally in terms of growing the platform, what hurdles have you come across um, in your journey so far? I can go to Lindy and then good luck actually to answer that.
1: Yeah, I guess, um, you know, a lot of the challenges from, from my side, as I said I, as I said earlier, I've been working with Addy, particularly around the US college um, acquisition of coaches. And, you know, any platform, I think, come that comes from Africa or purports to, you know, showcase African talent, I think you always have to kind of climb a little bit of a wall of scepticism, with regards to the, you know, the quality of the information, um, the, you know, the sort of veracity of all the stuff that's presented. So there's been a certain amount of work just to kind of establish that credibility. Um, I think you know that's why myself and, and Addy have been very, very um, prominent. You know, there's been a lot of kind of, I would say, old school kind of marketing with regards to phone calls, direct talks, and just to make people understand, mm. A, what we're trying to do, and also they understand better the process that we use to try to acquire the talent and put them on the platform so they get some comfort in terms of, you know, the credibility of, of the of the platform itself. So that's been one of the challenges. Um Apart from that, I think if I'm being honest, and that's why I think good luck can can step up. I think most of the challenges really have been on the ground, particularly around the the acquisition of players to put onto the to put onto the platform.
0: Yep, good good segue. Good luck over to you. What what are some of the hurdles um, that you've come across?
3: So, so basically, as Alinead said, some of the hurdles is more about, about how well some of our partners get to see the platform. So I would like to speak more about looking at the African partners and how we get to get data on the platform. Basically, the platform is not for every player. The platform is for special players. And the platform is not actually open to every academy. The platform is for academy who have the right structure the right set of players and the right set of data. So looking at probably before launching a platform, we actually anticipated this like uh we'll get to see people who really just want to just gather data that are not well structured and throw it out to us. So what we we'll get to do, we we'll get to do more our due diligence to see where these athletes are coming from. And go to the it, it, it go a long way. I myself traveling down to see these clubs, and as I speak to you, I'm in your State to see, to actually get to see a structure of an academy. i Also, get to see some other coaches. See, so we get to see, we get to see what talent or what structure they have. This is how we carry our due diligence. So we're not just our uh, sit back oh allow these partners to throw things at us. I'll get them on the platform. So we we'll go, we we'll do the due diligence. We we'll take our time. We we'll take the process. I would take the pain to really go down to see what they are doing, some of the structure they have, some of the athletes they have. So this is a way we get to really, really minimize some of the, the issue of inadequate data and not having the, the, the right information to supply us.
0: That's great, makes sense. Um, so final question now, um, and thank you for just shedding light on the platform in the Bureau of Africa in general. <clears throat> But I guess maybe look into the future now. Um, where do you see Uber Africa going uh, in the future? Of course, you're in football, is it other sports, etc. Yeah, just maybe as a close, just enlighten us. Um, and I'll, I'll go to Lindy for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, football is our kind of bread and butter, so to speak, uh, in terms of the experience that we've had within season in the last 10 years. But as I've already mentioned, I've, I've I've deliberately used the word sport quite a lot of times, sport plus education, because really this model with the student athlete is something I think that applies across a wide range of sports. And there's so so much talent across the continent of Africa in a number of sporting areas. So what we want to do is obviously football will be the trailblazer, so to speak, uh, in terms of getting really galvanizing this platform. And once we get that to where we want it to be, then we want to basically look at, you know, kind of expanding it to other sports where again there's there's a huge amount of potential and you know, you know, golf, tennis, you know, lots of lots, athletics, it's the once the models in place in the process, in, in terms of going to individual sports, it's more a matter of, as good luck said, identifying the right person on the ground who maybe can understand the unique nature of that sport with regards to the talent environment and then how we can then actually capture that talent onto the platform. But the platform is a facilitator. So, you know, football and beyond is what we're going to be looking at over the next two, three years.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I guess that points back to uh, what yourself and Moses have said in terms of it being scalable, right? You have the platform to, to grow um, easily, or easier than if you didn't have the platform. Um, but I no, thank you so much, Lindy. Good luck. Moses, Addy in the background as well. Uh, wonderful team. Um, wishing you all the best. Um, and of course, if you haven't connected with any of them from the Blue Africa team, please do so. Connect with them on LinkedIn. They're very active there. And I'm sure they'll be more than willing to have conversations with you. Um, but to everybody who's joined, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you have left with a lot more knowledge than when you first joined. I can definitely say that I have. Um, so thank you again. Uh, we do have one more webinar in the series tomorrow. Um, with FIFA, talking about their FIFA digital skills platform, which is quite fitting after what we've had today. Um, So yeah, please feel free to join that as well. Thank you so much and uh, take care.